0: You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. RTHK Radio 3. Welcome back to Money Talk. And in your money today, Carolyn Wright takes a look at how to make some cash from digital assets that you might not realize could actually be working harder for you. Good morning, Carolyn.
1: Good morning. Anyone who's a big fan of NFTs might think they are just a cool way of collecting digital art. But in your money today, I'm going to take a look at an emerging sector of the digital asset market that they can now also be used for, lending. I'm joined by Brendan Humphreys, who is the head of business at Pine Protocol, which is a decentralized non-custodial protocol that facilitates NFT asset-backed loan transactions between lenders and borrowers. So hopefully he can tell us all about how it works. Thank you for joining me, Brendan.
0: Very nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Let's kick off with a a look at the basics. What is NFT-backed financing?
0: Maybe first I will set the stage and explain what an NFT is popularly looked at as today and sort of what it truly is and, and what some people think it will one day represent. So, the evolution of cryptocurrency coins technology to NFTs really means unique identifiers represented on the blockchain. For example, if I had a Bitcoin and you had a Bitcoin, You would trade me Bitcoins. They're worth the exact same. Same as if you had a $100 bill and I had a $100 bill, you would trade me. They're fungible tokens. Essentially means they're the same in layman's terms. So the difference with an NFT means each token is individually unique. And so at this point, you can represent data on chain with an NFT. And popularly today, that's meant pictures. But really, an NFT can represent anything on chain. And so the belief is that in the future, NFTs will represent a variety of things like RWAs, as they're called, which means real world assets, which could be like, say, a house, a car, the title to something that's necessary for the conversation that we'll be getting into. So essentially what the protocol does is allow lenders who have liquid crypto to lend their liquid crypto against NFT collections that they specify put up as collateral by borrowers really the most powerful thing right away about this is in the NFT market specifically, it's inherently like a collectibles market with each NFT being individually unique. The market hasn't necessarily been designed around trading and you know there's a lot of collectors in the space. And if you wanna raise liquidity from an NFT, you have to go sell it. And so this whole space is developed with no real credit instruments or credit markets. And digital asset back financing allows a way for people with liquid crypto to lend it against an NFT allowing NFT holders to unlock liquidity right away. So as an example, if I had an NFT I really loved, but I needed some liquidity, my choices in the past would be sell the NFT or find liquidity in another way. Not considering this NFT. Now you could go to a protocol like Pine with your NFT, search for a willing loan pool to pledge your NFT as collateral and then instantly access Liquid Crypto under terms that work for you and you would go back to the protocol later and repay the loan to unlock your NFT.
1: It's basically using your art as collateral against the loan, isn't it? And and this has been done for a very long time in the traditional finance world. That you could raise a loan against something you own that is a, a real life asset. So how do you see this changing um, the future of finance, allowing these kind of loans?
0: You're exactly right. It's exactly like the real world, where for a long time, like throughout human history. You can go to a bank or a financier and pledge some type of asset as collateral and get a loan. And that could be anything depending on the institution and the arrangement. In this case, because everything is smart contract based, the protocol and smart contracts will validate the NFT. We have live valuation and pricing at all times pulled from pricing oracles. And so it's pretty funny that this is starting with pictures of cartoon monkeys, but the technology allows you to go to the loan protocol and instantly access credit. The difference is there's no application process. There's no bureaucracy or paperwork or we're waiting. The borrower can instantly access liquidity against loan pools that are set up against the collections that they hold.
1: One of the things that is in my mind is, is thinking about the riskier aspects of this. I guess NFTs are seen as a quite volatile market now. So, you know, you talk there about setting the price, which is reasonable enough. And, and I guess you would expect that price not to shift that much when you are using it as collateral for the loan. How do you work out what the, the fair price for that NFT is? And what happens if it changes significantly?
0: You're definitely right. NFTs are, I think, the most volatile asset class in human history. (laughs) So, yeah, the way that we address this is the first risk is on the lender's side. If you're going to make a loan against an NFT, you're going to be concerned about the quality of that loan and the health of the likelihood of you being paid back. And so lenders actually have full customizability to set up the parameters around loan terms. So you'd go to the protocol and you'd permission Liquid Crypto to be loaned against a collection. Say for example, Board Apes, you would take a 100E and say, I'm gonna allow this to be drawn on by holders of Board Ape NFTs. When you permission the Liquid Crypto to be borrowed against, you actually get to set the interest rate, the terms of the loan in terms of duration and the LTV, collateralization factor. So that number is the max percentage of the floor value of the NFT that can be borrowed against and essentially helps control risk for a lender. So if a board Ape's worth 50 ETH floor and you set a collateralization factor of 50%, a borrower can instantly draw half of that floor value. So the way that we make sure the pricing is always dynamic and there's a reliable price for the NFT in question is the protocol automatically pulls pricing sources from oracles from around the space. So the pricing will always match what the prevailing price for that NFT collection is in the market. And then if the price changes throughout the course of the loan, the LTV is dynamically calculated. So there's always a loan to value ratio associated with every loan.
1: This sounds like it's pretty customizable. How difficult will it be to get more traditional players in the finance space to jump on board with this kind of idea? Because I would assume that in the, in the past, they have wanted a lot more control over these aspects.
0: You know, with respect to future adoption, and tradfi there's an education process and sort of like a comfort process that we have to be taken along because a lot of this technology is so new but at the simplest level i think that protocols like this facilitate a completely new infrastructure that you know is faster cheaper more accurate lighter and trustless and so if you kind of remove the the cartoon slash the art from this equation you really have a protocol that efficiently facilitates trustless loans on chain. And so it's really it's a much better record keeping system. It's a much better infrastructure system. And you have banks running on machines from the 70s right now, credit markets developed on like old machines and logistics, right? So Mm. I think that the path is probably long until you see protocols and blockchain based infrastructure replace traditional concepts in markets. But I think that protocols like this will replace legacy infrastructure eventually, just because Trustless is is lighter, cheaper, faster, better. Blockchain's the future. We're huge believers, obviously, at Pine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. So let me just ask you a, a question about best practices here, because I think a lot of the things, the headlines we've seen are around the the blockchain Web three space over the the last year, you know, there's been a lot of horrible stories, and the industry, yeah. I think, since has been working very, very hard to self regulate because regulators themselves, official regulators, are being not necessarily particularly fast at reacting. Are there best practices uh, developing in in the sector here that that the players in it are starting to abide by?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that best practices in this space are innovation is key. There's a lot of players in the space is developing very quickly. We call this area of the space NFT5. NFT plus DeFi. DeFi being decentralized finance that came after coins, essentially putting financial products on chain. And now this is financializing digital assets. We're trying to be forward thinking in that we think that there's opportunity for mass institutional adoption here with a protocol that can facilitate credit transactions like this. So that's why we've built the protocol with regulatory considerations in mind and immense customizability around loan parameters for lenders. To sort of allow people and you know parties that want to lend or borrow to find an arrangement that works for them and be regulatory compliant while doing so and being able to manage their risk on what's viewed and inherently is a volatile asset class in NFTs. But if you remove the picture from it and just think of the NFT as a marker for an asset, like the bank's tracking all assets they're doing financing against. You know, with some some ledger that's copied and there's redundant copies at a regulator and everything else. It's just moving the record keeping system on chain, and then the implications of that are massively far reaching. Just like you know they were with Bitcoin on chain, and then Ethereum and being able to develop smart contracts around the digital tokens. So yeah, I think it'll take a really long time for a lot of this stuff to go mainstream and people like to be able to conceptualize really what an NFT represents because of the beginnings. But we'll get there.
1: Thank you for explaining all of that to me. I think there's plenty more that we can learn in future, but that's all we've got time for today. That was Brendan Humphreys, the head of business at Pine Protocol.